following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Well, what's up, everybody? My name is Jordan. I'm Jessica. And you are listening to the Christ Known Podcast. We are so excited that you're here today. Jessica, um, how's it going? It's going. 2021, you doing all right? How many days <laughs> is it over yet? No, we're doing good. When we record, I feel like my mind is in a million different places. Yeah. And then I sit down and I, I give like all my focus and attention once the record button starts. And so it probably feels like such like a, a diversion because we were talking before this. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm in. Go. Like we're it's good. Go time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're absolutely good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. So things are, but things are good. Yeah, things are good. Do you do you feel like when people say, "Are you good?" Like, do you ever lie to them and be like, "Yeah, you're good," just so you don't have to have a conversation? No, (laughs) never, absolutely. And then there are like certain people in your life that they're like, "Really, come on, seriously, tell me the truth." Okay, fine. My life is falling apart. Yeah, I had a guy uh, yesterday. He said, "You look tired." And I was like, "Oh, that means we have to have a conversation." (laughs) I know. I was like, "Oh, (laughs) bummer." I'm not masking my feelings really well. We're in season four. It is episode two, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to get into this because it's very thick. Oh, like, there is so much. Yeah, there's a lot to cover here. So we are walking through lead by Paul David Tripp, and um, for those of you that don't know, I'm the lead pastor at Community Gospel Church. Mm-hmm. Jess takes care of youth and children's ministry, and then we also have this thing called a senior leadership team, which both yep. of us sit on. So at the very top of our pipeline, um, pretty much everybody else kind of follows suit, uh, from that senior leadership team, and we have the ability to lead. And then, as we talked about last week, which is very important, um, we defined leadership as as everybody leads. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that that's there, because as we kind of walk through this text in regards to what Paul is saying, um, he's going to talk about pastors a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. And uh, and you can take that word pastor out, and you can just put leader there. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're not um, dwindling it down to just you know, pastors or whatever the case is. So I I know there's going to be that tendency. But he talks about achievement, and in chapter one, um, he kind of walks through nine, what I would call, principles on achievement. And we got a little bit of a cheat sheet in front of us to kind of make sure that we can hit those highlights. I want to do our best to hit all nine of these and look at them from our lenses, both in church world, but then taking it broader into our everyday lives too as well. And I'm just going to start with the very first thing he said in the very first paragraph, but he said, grace is an essentially ingredient in the success of anyone's ministry, anytime, at any age, in any location, and in any type of ministry. And Jess, as you read um, chapter one, mm-hmm. did it change your definition of achievement at all? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like So tell us what your definition was and then how it's kind of changed moving into it in this chapter. Yeah. Um and I don't know if it changed it, but it just it defined I think it took it from that worldly achievement mm-hmm. to what biblical achievement looks like. I don't know if that makes sense. So like in the world we think of achievement as making lots of money, um right if you're running an event, having lots of people attend. It's very um I think it's kind of you can find a concrete thing with achievement a lot like this is this is what I need to do to succeed. I did that. 
I achieved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he took it and he made it, everything points back to the gospel. Everything points back to, to God. And he said, achievement is not necessarily the numbers or the, the money or whatever it's saying um, was God's kingdom impacted Mm. by what we did. Mm -hmm. And, and achievement comes as we glorify God. Um, and that's a really simple way to like take all of the stuff he had. But that's kind of the like it shifted my focus of if I'm if I'm striving to achieve, am I striving to achieve according to what the world sees or and that would be the negative side of achievement where or am I striving to achieve knowing that it's not actually any of my achievement? It's all God. Hmm. Like he's the one that has achieved the he does the kingdom work and I'm just along to for the ride kind of. So I, yes, I think it shifted. It definitely shifted the view. It feels like it's a moving away from looking at a checklist of this is why I was successful and moving into a perspective of this is how God used my giftedness that he's given me to you to build his kingdom. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think there was a little bit of a, a perception change there for sure. Now, as he talks about this, um, I, the word just went out of my mind. As he talks about this achievement, sorry, um, he he ties achievement into ambition, mm-hmm. and he talks about a little bit of what ambition is and um, the ambition in regards to doing what God has in store for us to do. One of the things that I was wrestling with a little bit is how do we how do we separate when my ambition is self-driven as opposed to gospel driven hmm. like is there indicators do you have some indicators in your life when you can kind of see man this is a red flag personally yeah. where i'm moving into my ambition is self-focused instead of gospel driven i think anytime um i'm frustrated i didn't get the credit mm-hmm. anytime um i i'm using the word i mm-hmm. A yeah, lot more yeah, than, sure. than God and team and his will and purpose. Um, he kind of had in this, this book is so good. Like I read this book. Because I knew it. I, I When I started reading it, I was like, like this is Jess's vein right is here. My, this is so, and I do it terribly. Like it's not, like I don't love this book because I'm like, yes, I'm amazing at this. Mm-hmm. I love this book because, oh my goodness, I read this chapter and I'm like, Holy moly, I'm convicted. Very convicted. I love that. But he, I literally could quote this entire book, but he has kind of um, this kind of portion in here that says, you know, what are your thoughts, desires, words? What are you motivated by? Am I pursuing personal happiness or am I pursuing um, what God has called me to do regardless of that? Just so I think my my red flags are when I become so big, when the focus Mm. is on me, when I'm frustrated that I didn't get the glory, that I didn't get the credit. Um when I'm doing stuff to make myself look better. Sure. I think those are my red flags. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think, um, frustration, mm-hmm. uh, on, on my end, I think, um, feeling inadequacy, mm-hmm. like I'm a failure. Yeah. Uh, I think some of those tra- stress, I think when my life feels like, uh, like I'm out of control, I think all those negative thoughts and feelings are indicators on in my world mm-hmm. when I'm like, maybe you're you're striving to have what you want mm-hmm. and not what God wants. And we've said it a lot of times at, at the church, but you know, God is more and he doesn't say it in the book, but God is more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. Absolutely. And I think that's where I really need to to kind of take a, a step back. We were talking in Sunday school 
um, this was a, a long time ago, the word blessing came up, you know, mm-hmm. and then it came up last night too in uh, the dinner table conversations and uh, we just looked at my youngest and, and I said, do you know what that means to be blessed? You know, mm-hmm. because she had kind of used it in a very passive way and we just defined it as blessed is no matter if you're in a tough situation and circumstance or you're in a time or season where you're experiencing just, you know, um, good things, uh, you you are conforming all those things and areas are are being utilized to conform you to the word and will mm-hmm. and ways of God. And you can look at in hardship and you can look at, in, I want to say happiness, but right. just because it starts with an H. <laughs> but you can look in both of those things and you can say, Yes, uh, I can. I can pray with full confidence. Um, I'm considering it pure joy mm-hmm. when I'm when experiencing trials and tribulations of many kinds, and I think that's when we're blessed. Yeah. But I would I would put that on the very same page of what he's talking about here in regards to ambition and achievement, because I think when we're when we are when we are content, no matter what the situation and circumstance is in, whether we have a thousand people in the pews or whether we have ten, mm-hmm. if there are now, now I'm going to push back against that a little bit too, because I think you, you do need goals. We're going to talk right, about this a little right. bit, but, um, I think you can look at it and say, if I am doing diligence, uh, with my relationship with the Lord, then he's, he's satisfied and success will follow however he seems right. fit, you know? Yeah. He, he talks about like what motivates you and he uses the word, are you motivated like by a vertical ambition? And we talk about a lot in church. I, t- I always say love God and I point up and I say love others and I point sideways. And I looked at that and I'm like, am I, mer- am I motivated by like what, where God is pushing me and um, driving me? Like, is he my motivation? Is mm-hmm. his, ki- is kingdom changing life-changing work what motivates me and if that's the case then as long as I'm faithful to what he's called me to do that's where the achievement like when I'm anyway you talked about it I'm sure you we're going to get into it well I'm if I'm faithful to what God has called me to do I'm motivated by him you know that's when achievement and success comes I Mm -hmm. think yeah regardless of what it looks like in an earthly realm and I think that's what's so hard and he starts to kind of unpack it he has nine um, I love I love anything that's structurally sound, like that <laughs> that carries some sort of an outline. So he has nine uh, essentially achievement becomes statements, mm-hmm. and um, what he he prefaces it with gospel oriented achievement is a beautiful thing, but the desire to achieve becomes dangerous when it rises to rule the hearts of the leadership community. And I think that's where pride comes in and things Absolutely. like that. Um, so he says. So what I want to do is I want to take these nine things. Pick them apart, um, put a label on them, true or false, uh, uh, which true. which Can I know I, just, I, like, I know like all of them are going to be true. <laughs> well, maybe maybe true or false isn't a good way to put it. Uh, um, yes, <laughs> true or struggle with it maybe. Oh, okay. so so we won't we won't say that Paul Tripp is a heretic just yet. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but but. Uh, or maybe why it's this struggle is it? Now I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to say false. You'll you'll realize why yeah. I'm saying false when we we start talking. But let's let's just start to kind of break these down. Okay, so number one, achievement becomes dangerous when it dominates the leadership community. True, but the question on the table is why? Why does why is it dangerous when achievement dominates the leadership community? Because here's what's hard. Okay, like I'm just going to put it in the pastor realm, and I think if you're in a business or anything like that you're going to say the same things. We count how many people are at church on Sunday. Yep. We count how many customers we have. We, uh, 
what's the first thing you ask a pastor when you sit down with them? How big is your church? You know? So is the thing that I'm wrestling with there is, should we not do those things then? Or should we, should we let those things go? Or should we continue to kind of go down that path being cautious Mm -hmm. of what is, is transpiring and what maybe what could transpire? Right. Um, because yeah, you do this with yeah, children's yeah. ministry, I right? Do too. Like we count the numbers. Oh, we, we do it all the time. Yeah, it's a successful night because we had ninety-five elementary students on Wednesday night. Right. Wait, was that why we were successful? Right. And <laughs> yeah, did I mention this was a super convicting chapter? Right. Because in my in my head, I'm going to say the words. No, numbers don't drive me. I'm not here to have you know, like whoever's who, whoever I touch. Like that's what I'm going to say. But is that really what I believe? And right. I so. Yeah, is it bad to count your numbers? No, but when that's what drives you, when I'm more driven to have large numbers or if you're in the business world, bring in more money and that is what's driving me and I and I and it's not the people, it's not the discipleship. God didn't call us to Go and do big events. Mm-hmm. Go and bring a ton of people. And yet he feeds 5,000. Somebody yeah, counted. Does. Somebody counted. They did. <laughs> and it was more than that even, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't, but that's not, go and make disciples. So when. Mm-hmm. 3,000 people got saved in X. I know. So <laughs> I can't, so there's. I, but Eight people went on the ark. That's not a lot though. You're right. But still a somebody counted. People, <laughs> <laughs> like, so. I think what's driving you, and I think it goes back to what's motivating you. Mm-hmm. Motivating you. Am I motivated to produce these big things to bring in these big numbers, or am I motivated to to let to do the work so that God will change the life of even one person? Yeah. And I think it gets dangerous because, oh, in our world, it's not. I don't think it's wrong to count. Mm-hmm. I think you that that does show. Are we? Are we um, meeting the needs of our community? Are we, but maybe we're counting the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And can you count God's transformative work? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you measure that? And am I more concerned about the number? Am I more concerned about the heart that's being changed? And so I think it's asking that question as we proceed is, is this going to be something that God can use and he can use anything, but is this, is this, am I driven to do this, to bring in the numbers, to get the wow factor? Or am mm-hmm. I doing this because man, I just want one person's life to be changed for Christ. So I yeah. don't know. Martin Luther King Jr. said his big prayer for his kids was the content of their character, mm-hmm. which is in the eye of the dream speech. And as, as those words kind of come to the forefront of my mind, I think to myself, like, how do you gauge that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you gauge the content of somebody's character? Well, that would be in, you know, what they do. So faith without works is dead, for right. example. So how I justify the the number thing, and maybe it is a justification, but maybe it's just me, like, thinking in a more broad terms. I think we count because it shows the level of our influence. Mm-hmm. And I think if if 200 people are in the house, then we have that much influence so i've tried to go away from the numbers in regards to the fact of yeah pastor jordan brought 200 people in i think community gospel had the influence today on 200 people Mm -hmm. and i think that's what uh, because he asked the question he says in your ministry community has a quest for institutional achievement become dominant and i i I can't escape the numerical Mm -hmm. side of this first part because I think he's talking about numbers without talking about numbers. Yeah. And when we look at numbers, I used to look at numbers and say, I did that. 
Mm-hmm. Like I used to look at numbers and be like, I brought right. 9,000 people to right. the church. You know what I mean? Now I look at it and I say we, mm-hmm. because I very rarely use the word I anymore. Um, still to some extent, you know, we, we slip up and go back into our old ways, but I say we influenced, mm-hmm. you know, so even in children's ministry, you know, I think if you can have, we just had uh, group meetings this week, you know, with mm-hmm. various uh, church partners and that we talked about numbers, yeah. you know, we talked about how many people are at your church and how many people go to your children's ministry and whatnot. I have to change my dialogue from we have a congregation of X amount of people to we influence right. for the gospel of Jesus Christ this many people every week. Well, and I think the um, the danger comes in, and he brings up um, the passage in Hosea where when things are going well, you've turned your eyes from me, kind mm-hmm. of, and that's not at all how it says, and that's not the word. Close. Says, Don't. Jessica but translation Jessica, of the Bible, yes. yeah. But basically, when things are going well, when we see those numbers rise, we begin to turn from that gospel-oriented approach, and so I think that's... I don't necessarily think he would say numbers are a bad thing. I think he would say, be careful, mm-hmm. caution, danger, danger, danger. Do not turn your eyes from what really drives this, mm-hmm. this whatever it is you're doing. And that's me and that's my work. Um, and with success, we often are quick to turn from God during those times. Yeah, we've had those conversations with... Um the pandemic that that's happened, we've seen people who have come and participate and be present at, at community gospel. And our conversations are always of concern. Who are these people? Do they know the gospel? Do they understand what it means to be followers of, of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, have they made a declaration of faith through baptism? Do they understand the doctrines of the church? You know, and I think just those conversations are healthy. I'm not saying we do everything right, but I think those are conversations that church leaders and other people need to be having, even if you have a business, Mm -hmm. I think you need to really start thinking that through. Are you leveraging this mission field that God has given you? And are your customers just people who you're using to consume more worldliness? Or are you looking at it saying, I can influence these people, you know, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So man, like there's nothing, there's nothing sadder than somebody who just sees uh, their relationship with Jesus as a Sunday morning participation. You know, like oh, yeah. uh, your mission field is your workplace. Yeah. So, so go do oh, it at absolutely. your work. Absolutely. Yeah. Wherever God has called you, he's called you to um, impact those people. And that, yeah, use that influence and um, keep that in mind as you're going, okay, maybe I didn't hit my commission numbers today, but I got to share mm-hmm. the gospel. And yes, my paycheck isn't going to reflect that. And yes, maybe you're even in a position where your boss is going to be mad. But you shared the gospel with the client, right? That, you know, so like, find it's redefining that success. God will take care of it. We yep. were we're preaching Ruth, and you know, one of the uh, quotes that came up from the study was that Boaz was God's man in dark ages and mm. the day age of the judges. And I just keep thinking about that. Like God takes care of His own. Mm-hmm. You know, He constantly does. So, moving into number two, which is kind of interesting because we're we're talking about leaders. Um, and this, when he started, when he brought up number two, which is, I'll just let yeah. the cat out of the bag. Achievement becomes dangerous when it controls our definition of leaders. I'm so glad he brought that up because that's the key component where people need to see themselves as having mm-hmm. leadership potential. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to define that as true too, as well. You know, I kind of right. am blowing up this false thing, but, um, <laughs> that's okay. It's a good effort. Yeah, I, we tried. <laughs> uh, when, when we look at that though, Jess, um, and we talk about a, a definition of leaders. When you read that, does it change your perception of how you place people? 
and how you put people in certain spots um, and what you communicate to them? Or is that kind of still kind of same? Um, I think this one, I... Okay, so if like we're gonna rank where I'm good at, like this one, I was I felt like I kind of functioned okay in this. You're one. like, yeah, I'm like, doing all right. This one wasn't like a, ouch, that hurt. I need to go, and yeah, like, deal yeah. with that. Um, and I think because I, I remember my husband's looking for a job right now, and someone told him we. He goes, I'm not. He someone called him in for an interview, and they were kind of like, um, he goes, I don't know your business, I, I don't know it, and they're like, but your character and the way you interact mm. with people. And the way you um, work, your work ethic speaks for itself. I can teach you the rest. Yeah. And that's kind of my philosophy. And I think that would say his is those character traits, those things. And he gives you um, the first Timothy list of being above reproach, being sober minded, self-controlled, respectable, um, gentle, those things. That's, that's who you, that's, that's your character Mm -hmm. and everything else. Like, you can kind of teach, you can, you can help, you can, mm-hmm. you can learn. And, um, so I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, like, I think that is, I think that's very true. I think you get someone who's going to go in and faithfully use the gifts God has given them, recognize their weaknesses, um, and kind of lay it all out. Like the rest, it, you, you can, you can help them learn how to do some of the other parts of that a I little bit. I love what you just said. You, you can teach yeah. that it, those things that he lists all the um, qualifications for an elder, an elder right. um, and those things I don't know if you can teach those like I think you have to become those yes in your relationship with Christ I could teach you how to I could teach you how to do anything yeah. you know what I mean like I mean I can teach you how to play guitar yeah. I can teach you how to uh, construct a sermon mm-hmm. like those things are there but if there's no uh, sober mindedness behind yeah. it. If there's no self control behind it, um, I was I was reading through that list and I was kind of praying through that list and I was thinking to myself, God, I I can't do I I can't do those without mm-hmm. you. Like yeah. those are all things. Because yes. uh, my natural tendency as a human being is to not be gentle, mm-hmm. to quarrel, to love money, mm-hmm. to um, seek uh my own um right. you know. Uh, bent in my family, you know, I can run that whole list, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so that's, that's extremely tough. Like, I love that you said you, you, you can teach other things in regards to it. So I can define you as a leader in regards to, are you competent to complete this task? But let me just ask you, has God does some, done mm-hmm. something amazing in your heart and yeah. are you humbly submitting to him, which was the introduction? Yeah. You got to have humility. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, that's maybe for me, the shift a little bit was a leader is just helping people see that. Yeah. I don't know if anything's changed. I just think maybe I need to do a better job helping people see that right. they are a leader. And recognize if you're faithful to those things, that's what defines success. I think that's where achievement, I think that's how he would define that. If you're faithful to using the gifts and to, and to that character and to the integrity of who you are, um, <laughs> maybe what you did in our in the world's eyes completely failed but you were faithful using what God called you to do and the giftedness he gave you then maybe it wasn't a failure it's kind of like asking somebody the question like hey after you taught a lesson how do you feel like always bad right like (laughs) (laughs) yeah amen well Bethany I were in the car on the way home I always ask her how the sermon went you know and I should never ask like I should wait for a long time and um 
it's funny. She said, oh, I thought it was fine, you know, like, uh, I thought you did great. And she said, why Why do you always get so, you know, like, uh, discombobulated about Sunday's uh-huh. message? I said, because it did not sound how it sounded in the it, week. Right. It like, came out totally different. It was totally different. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, it's so frustrating. And she's like, yeah, but it came out the way that it was supposed to come out. God used your gifts and abilities on right. a Sunday in a way that he didn't use to when you were proclaiming to an empty you right. know, congregation, right. you know, on in the middle of the week. And I'm like, well, I'll just start recording in the middle of the week. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but what, but, but the right. reason I bring that up is because it's so funny mm-hmm. because that's number two for exactly what he, he would say is there are times where I get done when I'm studying and I go, oh, nailed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is going to be so good. Yeah. And then on Sunday morning, God's like, I'm going to deliver this in a completely different uh-huh. way. You're prepared. You're ready to go. But don't feel frustrated. Feel full. Yeah. And I think that's where I fail is because I'm, it, when I feel frustrated, God's sitting there going, I didn't know that this was about you. Right. <laughs> well, and kind of like. If I'm feel, sometimes I go, man, if I walk off and think I killed it, yeah. those are the weeks that you like bombed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. it is. Like, I just made that about me. I killed that. Yeah. I, yeah, okay, maybe God killed it. <laughs> like, so, I didn't realize this was yeah. just about you. Yeah. Like, well, oh. well done, Jessica, but nobody listened. <laughs> but even in that, like, I had to really explore that. Like, well, does God not care about how I feel? Like, yeah. and I think God does care mm-hmm. about, I feel, but I think he's getting to the root of the, of the problem right. is you are not a leader because I'm going to make you feel prominent and I'm going to make mm-hmm. you feel important. Like that's not the case. You go back to Noah and Moses and Abraham and all these guys, yeah. they're not concerned about their prominence. Right. They're concerned about God's character shining mm-hmm. through with the person who they are. So right. Um, that's a hard check. Yep. Like super hard check. All right. Number three, achievement becomes dangerous when it forms our view of success and failure. And let me give you just some context to this. True failure is always a character issue and failure is always first and foremost, a matter of the heart. You agree or disagree? Ah, back to my false thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, agree, but I never really thought about it. Like I didn't real, I don't even think I realized that I defined success all too. I mean, all too often as a stat. Like, look at I don't know as a number or as a this many people got saved, which mm. is an awesome thing. Obviously, you want that, but like as accounting, like I didn't. I don't think I'd ever thought of it this way. Is kind of my point. And well, so, how did you think of it before, or did you even not think about it? Before? I don't know if I. I mean, obviously. In my good Christian ease, I would not say, Christian like, because you know, like, oh, well, numbers aren't important. And if only one person gets saved, but right. I really believe that, like, yet I, no, 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 no. flat out, no, you're, because I want five. Yeah. The world defines it as more. Mm-hmm. And yet, and so I think it just, it was just a shift of perspective. It was like just turning and, or adding another layer. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, five is good. But one is amazing if God completely changes their heart because you don't know what that influence of that one is going to be down the road or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think this one really was a lot of success is found when we're faithful in the walk that God God has called us to do. Mm. And in success is defined when or is found when we use our giftedness and we remain faithful. Like I, he just kept using the word faithful. And that mm-hmm. word's been like, like kind of in my head, like the past few days after reading this of, am I faithful regardless of what 
I, I don't, I, regardless of what happens. And I don't know, I'm not sure if it was in this one or if it was in another one where um, he talks about how, you know, we, we plant the seeds, but God waters and he brings the growth and we can't, we can't bring growth. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't know what part of that process, you know, I'm in and maybe like that, like define define success as I'm faithful to do the part that God has called me to do knowing he brings the increase. Hmm. I can speak to this from a pastor's heart because here's what transpires. I think, and I was talking to uh, the guy who's over me. I always say I was talking to, I don't know why I preface everything with that. Like it's a, it's a precursor to me. Like yeah. have it like being important. Like, Oh, I was having this I was conversation. Having, why don't I just, maybe I just talk to a lot of people, but I find myself say like, <laughs> like I hear myself saying that a lot. Like I have this conversation. I have this conversation. With my mother. I have this, I don't have to I preface it's it with just that. Just because you talk to a lot of people. Maybe I do. Yeah. Anyway, the, um, the guy who is over me, um, in regards to, uh, uh, teaching at grace, uh, he said, which I think was, uh, w- was really interesting is if we could just be, if we could just teach, like that's the best part. Right. But there's so much beforehand right. <laughs> that goes into it. Like it's almost like that's the touchdown, you know, like that's yeah. the one yard line and you get to go into the touchdown, but you had 99 yards mm-hmm. still left to go. The reason I bring that up is because I will, I, I will, and I have, and I'm going to do it again, bomb on Sunday morning. Yep. And I get in the car and I think to myself, oh man, you're horrible. But I forget you did 30 hours mm-hmm. of study for this. It was not for not just because right. the end zone dance was horrible. Right. Does not mean that there wasn't diligence done. You have to look back at it and say, I spent 20 hours mm-hmm. with God. You know, I spent... 10 hours in prayer. I spent all of these times. And I think that for me, when I was reading that was a huge perception change because I'm too busy thinking about the end product. Mm. Harley Davidson's motto. um, It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm. And I think when he looks at it and he says, your success and failure is not in the final product. It's in the journey. I was like, oh, yeah. Which would be so, I mean, we're all in this continual state of being transformed to his likeness and that sanctification process. And we're not going to arrive at that end state, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's God. God says, you're being sanctified. You be faithful in that sanctification. Be faithful in that process. Um, We talk about that sometimes of, you know, it's a process and going through that um like can you imagine looking at the widow though and going are you and just asking the question are you finding beauty in being broken mm. like that's just a, a huge per- perception change to me because yeah. her eyes are fixated on failure like failure of mm. god failed me or life failed me or my spouse failed me or whatever the case is i just i just heard a story the other day of a guy his wife jumped off of a six-story building to her death and he said it was the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to him because he was so broken after everything was said and done that it brought him back to reality and what was really important. Mm. And I was like, man, that's that's like most people look at that as a failure. You know what I mean? Yeah, and go, it, you didn't yeah. succeed as a husband yeah. or you didn't, you know. And he was like, it was nothing that I did. It was nothing that I could have done. It was her, her demons, her, mm-hmm. you know, her struggle and stuff like that. He's like, but that that has just been such an eye-opening experience for me to say, I used to look at it and go, 
the fruition and the fruit is what I, I need to focus on. And I think it was just a slap in the face would be like, man, you got to love the journey. Yeah. Like it's good. Because it's often through the journey that we learn the most and the fruit takes place. Like, yeah. If we skip that, God's not going to like, I, I need the, oftentimes I need the brokenness to fully be changed. Yeah. Because yeah. if not, I've turned my eyes from God. I think I did it. Well, and in, in those seasons, like it's funny there's no applause from people. So like your success and failure just comes from your continual stepping forward mm-hmm. in faith and saying, God, I believe that you're in control of this situation and circumstance or whatever the case is, yeah. you know, like going, to, looking at you, you know, like with um, your husband and the job situation, you know, like looking at him being like, are you finding beauty in the mm-hmm. brokenness? You know, yeah. Like, excuse me, yeah. you know, like, but your success and failure is not on whether you have a job or mm-hmm. don't have a job. It's whether you're being faithful in regards to uh, understanding that that God is at work in the process. Right. Like that's hard. I'm I'm railing here, but last night I was coming home from. Um, I took Gianna to the fire department because mm-hmm. um, I'm the chaplain over at the fire department right next to the church, and they they wanted me to come and just you know kind of introduce her whatever. And I'm coming back and John is just like rolling on everything that I do. <laughs> like, she's like, dad, like you do this and you do this and you do this. And I looked at her, I stopped her. I said, John, but my identity is not in right. those things. Um, Ryan Hall, who's a, who's a marathon runner. He, he said the biggest catalyst moment for him was <clears throat> when he said, I used to say I'm a marathon runner who's a Christian and it changed mm-hmm. to now I'm a Christian who just so happens to run marathons. Absolutely. And I was like, yeah you know so and imagine if we took that in like into our workplaces into the you know it's easy for us we work at a church but the people that you know i i'm a follower of jesus who is saved by his grace alone and i make cabinets yeah yeah totally like and your success and failure does it in in this world is not contingent like you're never gonna stop being a child of god yeah like that's the mind blower for me like I could get up and preach like this great message and God look at me and be like, I still love you the same. Yep. And I'd be like, ah. Yeah. And were you faithful and diligent to the process? Yeah. And throughout the time, you know, the planning time. Absolutely. Have a friend who today is the birthday of his uh, deceased wife and God would look at him and say, still love you the same. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Okay, we got to go yeah. on or else I'm, I'm going to get like, yeah. I'm going to get real sentimental here. So, uh, four, achievement becomes dangerous when it silences honest leader communication. This partners with what we were just saying because I don't think, Jess, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think what you and I just said out loud is being said out loud right. in ministry context or just in, in, right. in context in general. True because or false? I- I would say true. And I think because we don't say that people don't feel free or don't feel like they can say they can share their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. They can share their struggles like, hey, I know God has called me to be faithful to the journey, but I'm really struggling with bitterness right now. Mm. Okay, like if we would say that, that's that honest communication. But we don't want to do that because we think either one, we have to have it all together or two, if I tell you I'm struggling with this area of my life then maybe you're going to pull me from the the spot that I'm in. Instead do of, you do this? Like, uh, or do you yeah. have kind of like a, a front up? Like, just I'm curious, like, um, is, is this something you struggle with? Or are you pretty much open and transparent? <laughs> I'm not answering that for you though. Like, cause I, I don't know to yeah, be, to be fair. Like, I, I don't think you know. I have some people I am open and transparent to mm-hmm. that I share 
I'm struggling with pride right now. I'm struggling with being frustrated that I'm not getting the credit or whatever it is, or I'm struggling. I, you know, I'm struggling with bitterness towards this situation. Um, I have a few people. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm not fully transparent with everyone. Now, when I look at like my teams, I, I, they get about probably about 60% transparent. That was my next question was, are you being transparent with the right people? Yeah. So I have a few really close people that I am a hundred percent transparent with. And it's hard and it's hurt, but those are also the people that are in my life where if I'm not, they call me on it. Mm. Um, and those, yeah, I would say there's like three people and one of them's my husband. <laughs> so that's a very small group that I am 100% transparent with. Sure. Um, I would say with my teams, I try to be about, I'm about 60%. I don't think I share, I don't. And it could just be because I have a lot of teams I oversee. Mm-hmm. Um I probably could do better. Yeah. Um, but then there's also that line of, I, I don't know. I, 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 do you, should you be 100% transparent with every team you lead? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's, that's tough for me. I think, I think, I think you need to be careful. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's a bad answer. Like, cause, cause <laughs> in, Cause I know the truth. I know that you should be open and, and, and honest with people and fully transparent. Um, I cannot think of a situation in my life where transparency has ultimately tanked me. Mm. Like I cannot think, uh, I, I think it has, but, it but it's only reason. done. It's only done good. Mm. Like I cannot think of a situation. I can think of a situation where I was transparent with something and it caused a lot of problems at the start. Um, mm. but in the long run, uh, that demon's gone. You know, yeah. like, so uh, is, was it really that bad? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. It's hard to admit your weaknesses. It's hard to admit where you struggle. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mm-hmm. think when we, when we can be open and honest, number one, it allows our teams to see that this is God working. This mm-hmm. is not me. It, I think it puts God in the right position. Um, but I think it also allows them to be open and honest with us then. And I think that's huge as a leader. You want to be able to have those real conversations with your team so you can encourage each other to be faithful. Context and content are king in being transparent. If you're in a sermon, you don't need to go railing on how you're horrible at this and right. go into massive details. You can just say, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. You right. know, and ask your congregation to pray with them. You're in a leadership situation and you're in the boardroom and you know, you can, it's, it's one thing to look at your team and say, Hey guys, this is something I really struggle with, you know, and I'm working on it and I would love some help to work Mm -hmm. on it. When you do that, I think there's, there's benefit there, but I I think you need to be really careful laying all your cards on the table. How much? Yeah. I struggle with bitter I'm struggling with bitterness. You might not get the 20 details that led into yeah. that. And her or, name is Karen and right. she lives here. And she sits and, next to me in the boardroom. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, absolutely. Yeah. Or that guy who is like, you know what? I'm struggling with lust and, and it's Karen and she's right here. And, uh, um, yeah. well, yeah, hold on Whoa. a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We just went real, real fast. Now there's another area where you can sit down with somebody like you said, mm-hmm. and you can really start hashing that out and go, Hey, like, I do need to go into detail here. Yeah. I think you need that in your yeah. life. Um, number five, achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to view uh, disciplines uh, or disciples. disciples, excuse me, uh, as consumers. Disciplines and disciples, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, disciples as consumers. Um, church world, 
yes, business world, yes. Other places that you would say that's true. When we, other outside of business and church. Are there any other things? How about home? Like your kids? You see your kids as consumers? Yeah, I think you could. I, I Or you, yeah, look how good my kid did at mm. this. I have a straight A student. I have a star baseball player. Put that honor roll sticker on the back of the Absolutely. bus. Absolutely. <laughs> Am I more concerned that my kid started on the basketball team or that he has a heart that's being changed by God? Mm. Right. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like It's like when somebody looks... Uh, uh, um, at you and they're like uh, I'm, I'm the team captain and you're yeah. like uh, of what of of equipment mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you're like oh, I don't know if you're shot. team captain then or yeah. not you know what I mean but somebody's got to do laundry I yeah. guess so good for you yeah I, so yeah I think I think this is a dangerous one I think I think this one goes into a lot of that counting numbers adding adding things and are what are we what's really driving us um I was in a group with um, some youth leaders and we were talking a lot about like, are we more event driven or are we about making disciples and how has this like last year changed that disciple making process Mm -hmm. and finding because a lot of groups have had to meet in smaller groupings. You couldn't meet as a whole um, just due to like regulations that the disciple the disciple making process has just exploded because you're getting that personal relationship. And so anything that's been done in youth ministry, half of the stuff you can't do. So let's focus on really cultivating and helping um, lead these students to falling in love with the gospel. And so I think we're very, I I think this is a a danger Mm -hmm. that we can definitely get, um, trapped by i think this one in six which he says achievement becomes dangerous when it uh attempts to see people as obstacles mm-hmm. i think these are these are combined i would yeah. have combined these two yeah because when you're when you're not concerned about an individual mm-hmm. um and their spiritual well-being and you just want what you want out of them yeah i think that's when you it gets bad yeah you know so i think we have to be very very careful of seeing people as products instead of seeing people mm-hmm. as um who they really truly are and those people who are in need now one thing that's changed dramatically for me um, in ministry is I have uh, gotten to the place where I realized that I might not be that person. Mm, like, yeah. And that has freed me considerably mm-hmm. because I can't shepherd 400 people by myself. No. You know? So I, th- I think there's nothing wrong with giving somebody over to somebody mm-hmm. else. And I would say too, like, I think there are some people who do a great job of just that shepherding, that discipling. It's very natural to them. And then I say that there are other people who are very task oriented and um, like to check off a box. Right. I, and I tend to be a little bit more task oriented. I, and there has to be some organicness in discipleship, but I also schedule my discipleship. Right, that sounds right. really funny, but like I make a plan of this is how I'm going to invest in these people. And these are the people that I'm working with. And so um, it helps me to when the task becomes a person, I'm shifting in the right direction. Right. And hopefully that'll become more natural as I continue to do that. Yeah. You putting somebody on the calendar doesn't negate the fact that they're an, an yeah. obstacle or whatever the case right. is. You're looking at them as a person. Yeah. So that, that can be kind of tough. All right. We're going to try to move through yep. uh, the next uh, three kind of quickly. Uh, seven achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to take credit for what they never could have produced on their own. Yeah, I think we kind of talked about that one a little bit of like God's the one that gives the increase and we we can't change hearts. We can 
lead them to the gospel. We can plant the seeds. We can pray for them. We can help hold accountable. But God is ultimately the one who is going to change and transform. And um, so he uses a a thing in here where he says, um, if you take credit as a leader instead of assigning credit to the one who sent you and who alone produces the fruit of your labors, you praise less, you pray less, and you plan more. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh man yeah about that we'll just strike that out yeah stink like so just that shift of man what if i spent more time with praying Mm -hmm. with my teams that god would continue or would begin a work in the students lives instead of planning these things for like that just i don't know eye opening gut check check yourself here's the hard thing for me i I automatically assume that everybody's doing the prayer diligence before we we come in. They're not, and they're not. <laughs> yeah, like, I, but I, these are times. I, yeah. I, if you want to have, and this is just my recommendation, if you want to have seasons of prayer, you have to schedule the prayer with your teams. Absolutely. The the meetings that you have set up are to plan. Don't throw those planning meetings out. That's my only concern right. when people read this is they would be like, oh, okay, we did an hour. You're going to be so frustrated at the end of that hour because you spent a half hour praying. You've got to plan in. So now your meeting needs to be an hour and a half. Right. You know, or whatever the case is. You need to make sure that you build in for that. The other thing is when he talks about success, when somebody looks at you and says, hey, that was a great message on Sunday, you need to look back at them and say, I'm so glad that God has gifted me with the ability and the privilege mm-hmm. to preach. Right. Like that's different. Or if somebody comes up to you, Jess, it was a great lesson on Wednesday night. You look at me like, it's such an honor to serve mm-hmm. the local church using my gifts and abilities to be able to teach right. these students, you know, whatever the yep. case is. So the only caution concern I had with that one was I was like, you got to be really careful because if you really want to pray, you need to you need to plan in those prayer times because you're yeah. going to be so frustrated. You have to have a plan. Yeah. You can't just like, okay, we're going to come and pray and then hope that the next night turns out. Like right. there has to still be some structure. I think unfortunately the church has shifted mm-hmm. a little bit too much and they've there needs to you need to find that balance. And I think we've shifted too much into the planning. And we've left out the prayer. And I, agree. I think we could we could handle the pendulum to swing back a little bit. Massive shift for our church was when we set aside the first Sunday of the month to have communion and to pray in the nine o'clock hour. That was a yep. huge shift for our church because yes, we pray when we have our Sunday school hour and stuff right. like that. But the nine o'clock to ten o'clock hour on the first Sunday of the month is reserved solely mm-hmm. for prayer. Like that's what we do. And we ask as many people Um, to come in and to participate as possible. And I think that's hard because I think the person would say, well, you should schedule in more prayer time for your, you know, Sunday school class. We, we do, we pray. I'm saying we pray, but we've, we've realized that you can't just always be in this one spot. You gotta be in a different one too. So, um, all right. Eight achievement is dangerous when it becomes the principal lens of leader self-evaluation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like... An I, yeah, just... Uh, I think that's the caution of how are you evaluating yourself. And I think it goes back to evaluate the faithfulness of how you've been walking. Mm-hmm. Like, don't evaluate that. I mean, evaluate your sermon if you, like, stood up there <laughs> and were like... and didn't say yeah. anything or you were, you know, true to God's word. Okay. But I think... You know, like you said, we're going to have times that we hit it out of the park. We're going to have times that we that we don't. But we're evaluate. Were you faithful in the process? Yeah, there was a lady. At, uh, she came up to Bethany the other day and um, after church and 
I, I asked her, I said, what did, what did she say to you? And she said, uh, she said she really uh, appreciated, you know, that I, I lead worship. And she said she could tell that I love the Lord, mm. you know? And I, I said, man, you got her fooled. <laughs> 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 um, but it's, it's funny. It goes back to what you just said. You can't teach that. Yeah. And I, I agreed with the lady and I, I told Bethany, I said, yes, a hundred percent, you know, you, you do love the Lord and that comes out in it. Yeah. And I think when you are bent on pleasing the Lord with all you think, say, and do, mm-hmm. that fills in the cracks yeah. when you think you failed. Absolutely. And I think that goes into the business world. Mm-hmm. When you when you are doing your job with the fact that you love God and you love others and everything you're saying and doing, you might mess up. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna I think more often times than not, when you do, you're gonna find that grace because someone looks at you and go, Your character is outstanding. It's sitting down with your financial advisor and he's more concerned about your well being than him getting a paycheck. Yeah. You know, it's sitting down with the guy who's gonna sell your your house and he's and he's more concerned about you being in a place that's, that's gonna do diligence than getting, getting the sale. The sale. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's those are all those things that you can take into that consideration. Mm-hmm. All right, as we wrap it up, uh number nine, achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to replace planning with prayer and we kind of talked about a little bit so all of those things Jess as you look at those things and you kind of walk through it what would be number one for somebody who is really um, striving to uh, to lead well Mm -hmm. I think you need to there's questions in this chapter and I think you need to go through all of those questions actually there's only eight questions for nine statements (laughs) Um, I think Paul dropped the ball on that on that that ninth one one but um I think you need to go through those and you need, I would say, with pen and paper, write mm-hmm. down the answers to those questions yeah. with whatever your capacity is, whether you're a mom at home, a dad at home, whether you have a job or you're mm-hmm. out of business. But when you look at those nine, just what would you say is kind of like the number one where you think people need to really uh, focus and hone in on? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I would say... I, I would start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think I would do achievement becomes dangerous dangerous when it dominates the leadership community because I think that sets the tone. Mm-hmm. I think that is the one that redefines achievement. And if you don't start out with redefining what achievement really is, I think everything else is going to be slightly skewed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's that is one of them that that that's the heart of the issue right there, and yeah. everything else kind of stems from it. Yeah. Uh, minus three. I mean, uh, duh. Like that's mm-hmm. where we spent the most time. But um, the success and failure. I think you gotta love the journey. You gotta love the process. Mm-hmm. You gotta love the grind. Um, I've said it a million times. God is more concerned about the mundane than he is yeah. about the mountains. Absolutely. You know, and I think he just loves when we do daily diligence. When you open up that Bible every day and you spend time in the Word and you and you close your eyes and you pray and you mm-hmm. and you go and you genuinely talk to another brother or sister right. in Christ and when you sit down and you um you know are are concerned for somebody else it it's kind of like grandma and grandpa what do they want they want your time right you know and i think god ultimately if i were to look at these nine things i think he wants our time and if we're diligent with the time that god has entrusted to our care i think we'll see a lot of success yeah but it won't be what you envisioned. It will not be world success. Mm-mm. In fact, it might look like brokenness. I remember a conference we went to and um, the the content was, 
um, be very careful about being successful in ministry because it will not look the way that you had envisioned it will look. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, man, what does that mean? You know, like (laughs) that's dumb. Like I know exactly what my ministry is going to look like. And, um, as you know, God has, has given us a lot of time here. uh, I'm just realizing Mm -hmm. I would have never, I would have never been here. You know, I would have never, uh, I would have never had those things in the forefront of my mind, Mm -hmm. but, but God's been very faithful and, and has, has led well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of tough. What, any other closing thoughts, comments, suggestions, sarcastic remarks? <laughs> Read the book. <laughs> it, he says it so much better than we could. But seriously, no matter what what position you're in in life, um, this has application. Whether you're just that stay-at-home mom leading your children, um, whether you're that husband leading your family, um, or whether you use it in the business world, like, mm-hmm. When we redefine success and we are more concerned with discipleship and transform and helping do the work that God has called us to do so he can transform lives, mm-hmm. um, that changes everything. It changes the perspective. How come you, uh, why do you feel like you're so drawn to like a book like, like lead? Like why does it speak so much to your heart? Um, I think it's convicting, which I think that's always good. But mm-hmm. I think, I think because it's just so consumed with the grace of the gospel mm-hmm. and I think we forget that in our everyday life. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Um, reevaluate your achievement and your success. And you know what? If you don't feel like you're achieving, maybe you are. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at it from the wrong yeah. lens. So we'll leave you with that and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you real soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, Simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.